Welcome, everyone. It's so great to be with all of you today. My name is Connie, and along with my husband, Matt, and our twin daughters, Quinn and Emma, we have been serving in the Asian Spice region for the past eight years. It's great to be back at Southview, our home church, and to be able to share a little bit of my story with all of you today. I grew up in Irma, Alberta, in a small village where my dad was the pastor of the Christian and Missionary Alliance Church there. It was at that church during an annual missions weekend that I received my call to go overseas. I was 16 years old and the missionary who was sharing that evening was about to retire. That evening, he put, a, he put forth a call to all the youth in the congregation. Simply put, he quoted Matthew 9, 27. The harvest fields are plentiful, but the workers are few. And he said, young people, my wife and I have been working in the harvest fields for the past 30 years, and now we're about to retire. Which of you is going to stand up and take our place? I knew that call was for me, so I stood up and committed to going. At that point, as a 16-year-old, I thought I was committing myself to a life of sacrifice and unending drudgery. It was going to be terrible and so hard to live overseas. But if that's what God wanted from me, I was willing to be obedient and live a life of hardship. Fast forward five years, and I have just completed a 10-month internship overseas in Stockholm, Sweden. The culture, food, and fashion were amazing. It was easy to make friends at the international church I was serving in. And the work at the church was thriving. People were experiencing new life. At 21 years old, I left that experience feeling joy and excitement for my calling overseas. It wasn't going to be drudgery and sacrifice. It was going to be bliss. So now, standing before you is the 37-year-old version of myself. With eight years of real-life, day-in, day-out experience as an international worker. Does my current experience living in a developing nation in southern Southeast Asia more closely line up with the expected hardship of my 16-year-old self or the expected delight of my 21-year-old self? The truth, as you probably could guess, is that it's both. There are so many benefits to living a life cross-culturally. New foods, new sights, new friends, new perspective, and new adventures. But there is also plenty of difficulties. Culture shock, learning a new language, crazy traffic, cockroaches and rats, heat and smog. And then there are the goodbyes. Every transition from here to there or from there to here is hard. Saying goodbye and leaving people we love in both places, missing out on important life events is painful. And it does not get easier the more times that we do it. So when you boil all that down, the question that emerges is, well, is it all worth it then? And here's the thing, it is. We know that in Matthew 28, 19 to 20, in the Great Commission, Jesus has invited us into his mission of seeing people 
from every tribe and nation around the world come to know and love him. Jesus says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am always with you to the very end of the age. When we see people come to intimately know who Christ is, it is indescribably beautiful. This past year and a half, we have had the opportunity to see such a story unfold. Our national colleague, Sam, was put in touch with a Muslim man named Amos. Amos had heard Jesus, uh, heard about Jesus through a media outreach and wanted to learn more. After Sam explained the gospel, Amos responded right away and decided to follow Jesus. Shortly after that, Amos's wife and teenage daughters came to faith, and they were all baptized in a simple ceremony in their outdoor bathroom in their yard. In his enthusiasm for his new faith, Amos shared about Jesus with his friend Kokom and their, com their friend and community leader Mahmoud, and they came to faith and were baptized. Shortly after this, Amos asked Sam if he'd be willing to travel to Amos's hometown a few hours away so that they could share about Jesus with Amos's family and friends there. On that first trip, Sunni and Abram came to faith. On their next visit to the village a month later, Rhonda and Kabul came to faith, and all of them were baptized. The following month, Sam and Amos weren't able to travel to the village because of travel restrictions due to COVID-19 in our country. In their absence, Kabul told his friends, Feral and Fadland, about Jesus, and they came to faith. And shortly after that, all of these men were baptized. Meanwhile, back in Amos's original town, he continued to share the gospel and more people came to faith and were baptized. And this story is still continuing. Even as recently as two weeks ago, we received a text message from Sam that two more Muslim women had come to faith and were baptized. After years of seeing one person come to faith here and another person come to faith there, we're seeing God do something new and we're seeing him move in powerful ways in these communities. House churches are being established. People are studying God's word together and are sharing the gospel with their friends and family. It is amazing. These are beautiful Muslim people who truly had never heard what Jesus had done for them. And once they heard, they were eager to respond and follow him. It is a joy to see people who are bound in a religion that teaches work, uh, teaches works, always trying to do enough and earn enough merit without any guarantee of salvation, now know without a doubt that they are saved by grace because of Jesus's death on the cross and his resurrection. To see new believers like Amos empowered by the Holy Spirit to be evangelists and teachers is a beautiful reminder of how Christ will build his church. Now, don't get me wrong. 
These are real people with real messes in their lives. The path of discipleship is not smooth from point A to point B to point C. There are struggles and misunderstandings, and there, are, there is lots and lots of growing to do. But at the same time, these are real people. One of my favorite images in scripture is the throne room scene in Revelation 7, where it says that there will be people from every tribe, every tongue, every nation worshiping the lamb. Before, those people from every nation were just blurry figures in my imagination, but now they are real people like Amos and his family. For me personally, this movement of God has been very humbling. It started in the very early stages of the pandemic while most of us were stuck in our homes. Very often in those first weeks and months, the thought of what's the point of even being here when I can't even do anything ran through my head. <clears throat> but this was the moment God chose to do something new. It has been a good reminder that he doesn't need me to accomplish his mission, but that he has invited me into the joy of the harvest, into the joy of seeing new life, and into the joy of accomplishing his mission together. And that makes it all worth it. Matt and I wanna thank all of you so much for your support. Without your prayers and your giving to the Global Advance Fund, we wouldn't be able to do what we're doing. Thank you so much for being such amazing partners. Hello, Southview. It's a great joy for me to be with you. Thank you for joining us from different parts of the world. It's a delight to have you with us. I believe the Spirit of the Lord is already stirring your heart and quickening your spirit to respond to Him. You may not know exactly what to do or how to go about, but thank you for not snubbing that small nudge the Spirit of the Lord is doing in your heart, in your life. May the Lord continue to speak to each one of us today. My name is Jaren Thomas and I serve as the Global Mission Catalyst with the Western Canadian District of the Alliance. I was born in Kerala, India, raised in Kuwait, but as a family we served in North India for six years and four years in the Arabian Gulf uh, before coming to pastor a church in Toronto in 2015. We moved to Calgary right before COVID arrived and uh, we have uh, been in this new role at our district for the last one and a half years. I feel extremely honored to be here with you on this special missions weekend. I bring greetings from our district superintendent, Reverend Brent Trask and the entire district leadership team. We are a family of about 140 congregations spread all across Alberta and Northern Territories. We are also part of a larger family of over 440 alliance churches in Canada. We worship the Lord in different languages, languages like Arabic, Punjabi, Hindi, Vietnamese, Tigrinya, Mandarin, Cantonese, and also English. Aren't you happy to be part of a movement that got started around 130 years back, which is still burning bright and impacting the globe for Jesus? We praise God for your pastor, Clyde Glass, 
and his team for the impact and influence that you have not only in our district, but all across Canada and beyond. We praise God for your strong online presence, which is bringing hope and healing to many around the world. We are grateful for your partnership in advancing the gospel through our global ministries. Thank you for praying and supporting our international workers through the Global Advance Fund. Your sacrificial giving helps them to take the hope and love of Jesus to the uttermost parts of the world. I especially want to thank Pastor James Wheeler for his leadership and his love for the nations. As Alliance, there is one prayer that binds all of us together, and that is our national vision prayer. Oh God, with all our hearts, we long for you. Come, transform us to be Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, mission-focused people multiplying disciples everywhere. Yes, we believe in making disciples who make other disciples. Did you know that South Asia has the largest unreached people groups in the world? But in the coming days, we will get to partner in one of the greatest evangelistic movements in the history. Check out this video. The following may seem outrageous, but trust me, it's an underestimation. I want you to stop, clear your mind, and be open to a reality happening right now that might be new to you. The global population growth is outpacing the rate at which the church is reaching people by a growing margin. As an example, India alone grows by the equivalent of Canada's population every 18 months, and only 5% of India lives in areas reached with the gospel. Roughly four out of every 10 people on the planet not only have never heard the good news, but they don't even have access to it. There's no local pastor, no Christian radio, no alpha group, no church. It's like Paul writes to the church in Rome. How can someone believe in something they've never heard? And how will they hear if there's no one to tell them? So now what? I get it. You're already tackling so many critical needs in your community and around the world. Compassion cannot sleep. But we have an opportunity to reach the unreached at scale. If together we focus on what could be the biggest domino. The one region that may present the greatest opportunity of being a gateway to reach the entire world. It comes down to the exponential power of numbers. One out of every four people alive right now live in South Asia. That's 1.9 billion people and over 1.8 billion unreached lives. That's a big number to wrap your head around, so let me just put it this way. If you set a timer right now for 1.8 million seconds, it would stop in 20 days. But if you set it for 1.8 billion seconds, it will stop in 57 years. Reaching just 1% of this region would be the equivalent of reaching more than the entire population of Hong Kong, New Zealand, Montreal, and Ireland combined. 50% of the world's remaining unreached people groups live in this region, along with 40% of the world's poorest people. And it's also one of the most persecuted places on the planet. The church in the global south, specifically South Asia, will play a disproportionate role in the evangelization of the world. Will we join them, support them, encourage them? Reaching this region is a massive gateway to reaching the world 
and a critical priority of the global church. It will require us to be all in. It will demand full-scale mobilization of our churches and communities. It will require a historic move of God's spirit. It will come at a cost, but it will be worth it. And over the next 10 years, we are partnering with South Asians, not just to reach South Asia, but for South Asia to reach the world. It is well within reach to plant 50,000 churches, baptizing 500,000 multiplying disciples, making this one of the greatest evangelistic movements that we may ever see by 2030. Yes, we believe this is possible when we remain Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, and mission-focused people. I know a man in the New Testament who was driven by a similar passion. Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 15, verse 20 says, It has always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known, so that I would not be building on someone else's foundation. This has been the burning passion of Alliance from the very beginning. Christian Missionary Alliance founder A.B. Simpson's ministry to the new immigrants who were coming to the shores of New York caused him to wonder about the thousands and thousands of people around the world. It was then that he developed an unquenchable burden for the worldwide evangelization of lost souls. When we look at the about two verses in Romans chapter 15, verses 17 through 19, we see Paul lived a Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, and mission-focused life. This resulted in, in him reaching the unreached with the love of God. These three important aspects from the life of Paul apply to each one of us. First, we are called to be Christ-centered in our life and ministry. Romans chapter 15, verses 17 and 18, Paul says, Therefore I glory in Christ Jesus in my service to God. I will not venture to speak anything except what Christ has accomplished through me in leading the Gentiles to obey God by what I have said and done. Here Paul is acknowledging all that he has done is in the strength of Jesus Christ. It is through his union with Jesus Christ that he was able to minister to others. Verse 18 continues to say it was Christ who was leading the Gentiles to obey God. Yes, it is Christ who brought the Gentiles. It is Christ who used Paul to bring the gospel. So mission was Christ and the fruit was also Christ. Paul was simply an instrument in the hands of Jesus. Christ was the force that produced the results. If we are serious about reaching the unreached, we need to be Christ-centered. It is no longer I that lives, but Christ lives in me. Death to self and life in Christ. The more I die, the more Jesus lives in me. Apostle John says, He must increase and I must decrease. The more Jaron is invisible, the more people can see Christ in and through me. Is your life centered in Jesus Christ? Let our life and ministry simply be an outflow of our union with Jesus Christ. Apart from Him, we can do nothing. John chapter 15 at the same time with him, nothing is impossible. Jesus is inviting each one of us to abide in him, to stay connected in him, to remain in him, so that his power can manifest in and through our lives. 
Jesus wants our life and ministry to be centered around him. Secondly, we are called to operate under the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to be spirit-empowered. Verse 19, first part, Paul says, It is by the power of signs and wonders, through the power of the Spirit of God. Authentic gospel ministry depends on the power of the Holy Spirit to accomplish God's work. The first sermon A.B. Simpson preached in New York City was from Acts chapter 1, verse 8. That message was all about the need for the power of the Holy Spirit to reach the nations. He knew that this new assignment in New York City would not work if he tried to do it in his strength. Brothers and sisters, let us be extremely clear about this. If we really want to see spiritually dead people come to life, it has to be the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit. Doing ministry in our strength and power is depleting and dangerous. You have no idea how much Jesus longs to fill each one of us with his power to accomplish the things that we cannot do it in our strength and power. All we need to do is yield to the Holy Spirit. Let him have his way in each one of our lives. How many of you would long for more of his spirit to accomplish his mission through our lives? Instead of maybe asking more of the Holy Spirit, let him have more of us. I mean, there are still areas in Jaren's life that, that I resist. But the best thing you and I can do today is to surrender our lives to the working person and work of the Holy Spirit. Finally, we are called to focus on God's mission. We need to be mission-focused. Verse 19, second part says, So from Jerusalem all the way around Illyricum, I have fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ. Literally, it would read, I have brought to completion the gospel which began with uh, apostles in Jerusalem. It simply means Apostle Paul has completed the purpose for which he was called into. Paul was completely focused on God's mission. It was Bob Pierce, founder of World Vision, who prayed, Let my heart be broken with things that breaks God's heart. What breaks our heart today? Is it all about me and my family? The Spirit of the Lord is reminding us again and again that it is not all about us. Oh, I pray that our hearts would be broken with what breaks God's heart. God's heart is broken for the nations that are in our backyard. Did you know by 2023, Canada aims to welcome more than 1.23 million new permanent residents? If you didn't know, right now there are over 165 unreached people groups here in Canada which means 165 people groups are here from places that are close to the gospel. They're living among us right now in our streets, in our backyard, perhaps just across your fence from where you're watching this right now. I mean, they're all around us. They're here. God has brought these people from, from the uttermost parts of the world to our neighborhood. Did you know that Canada is the third best country in the world for international students? In 2019, there was one international student for every 58 Canadians. By 2022, it is estimated Canada will be home to one million international students. At the University of Calgary alone, there are 7,200 international students from 126 nations. But what 
difficult is 90% of these international students who come to study in Canada will never enter a Canadian home right now as I'm speaking there are 49 international students who are here who are studying in University of Calgary waiting to connect with a Canadian family one of the organizations that we partner with is called friendship program a part of a power to change and in, in their website, 49 international students have registered to make friends with Canadian family, to know Canadian culture, to have a coffee or a meal, and they're waiting for somebody to, to connect with them. I hope you would be that person. And on the screen, you see um, the link to their website. You can go there and register as a Canadian family to make friends with these graduate, postgraduate students. As a teenager, I grew up hearing the impact of Brother Bhakta Singh's ministry in India. He was one of the leading evangelists and Bible teachers in India. He's also known as the father of indigenous movements, church movements in India. The indigenous church planting movement that he started saw more than 10,000 local churches planted during his 70 years of ministry. Brother Bhakta Singh was a Sikh international student in Canada. In the early 1930s, he came to study in Manitoba. Um, he came to study engineering in Manitoba in 1930. And while he was a student, he surrendered his life to Jesus and, and started following Jesus passionately. 56% of international students who, come, who are in Canada come from India and China. Huge number of students. They are here. Nations are here. Um, Maybe some of you are listening to me are thinking, but I know nothing about India and China. I don't know what they like, what they don't like, how to talk to them. And, and if you are struggling with cultural intelligence, uh, we have even developed a tool that you can access. Uh, it's up on our screen. Uh, it's, in our, it's on our website, rekindle.tv. Um, you need to go to Love Local under Missions tab, and um, you, there you can find cultural tips to connect with somebody from another culture. You would find South Asia, Chinese, um, Tibetans, um, West Africa. So how are people from these different cultures? And as you go there, you can get a general overview of, of what they like or how they are. And that would hugely help us to connect with our neighbor from Sudan, connect with our neighbor from India and Pakistan and Bangladesh. They're all around us. Nearly 90% of non-Christians say they never knew a Christian personally. Can you imagine what would have happened if they knew a Christian personally? Um, I recently met with one of our neighbors from India, northern part of India. And uh, when we exchanged our names and I said, I'm Jaren Thomas, and she was surprised. Are you from India? And how come you have um, name Thomas? I assume maybe this is the first time she's meeting uh, a Christian from India with a different name. Oh, the needs are enormous. Yes, it is important to reach, it is essential to reach the nations that are here in Canada, but it's equally important to take the good news to people outside of Canada. Out of the 7.8 billion people alive in the world today, 3.23 billion of them live in unreached people groups with little or no access to the gospel of Jesus Christ. There are approximately 17,446 unique people groups in the world with 
7,400 plus of them considered unreached. That's around 41% of the world's population who have no access uh, to Bibles or Christians or Jesus. Majority of these people would never reach the West. For example, there are 1.8 billion Muslims in the world today, and only less than 5% come to the West. 5% of 1.8 billion is a lot of people. But the rest are never going to come here. They can't. So we need to go. So the, the Great Commission, Jesus' command, still stands. We need, still need to go outside of Canada to bring the good news of Jesus Christ. Many times we get flabbergasted by the awesomeness of the task and we do nothing. We don't want to fall into that trap again. Let's strive to make a difference in one person's life. It is our ambition, like Apostle Paul, to reach the unreached people with the gospel. Then we need, if that's our goal, we need to be people who are Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, and mission-focused. What should be our response today? I believe the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to some of you very personally, nudging you to respond to His call. Would you surrender your life or come into your life to pray for international workers who are serving in some of the most difficult places in the world? And you saw in the video and you know people who have gone from our church to different places. Would you pray for them? Do you pray for these unreached people groups? This is a response all of us are commanded to obey. Let us pray so that God may work, God may send workers into the harvest field. A second response could be to go. Maybe you are somebody who, who has been praying to send out workers. But today, God is calling you to go. Would you step out in faith to make disciples of all nations? It could be reaching the nations here in Canada, in Northeast Calgary, or it could be boarding a plane and going abroad. Would you surrender your life to be used for whatever and wherever Jesus calls you to? You can engage locally. You can engage globally. There is a lot of opportunities. Um, first step could be to engage with uh, Southview local mission engagements. Um, what are some of the ways that you can reach out to our community? If you sense God is calling you to reach the nations outside Canada, like MNC who went from our church, come and talk to one of us. If you're looking for option to engage um, in global missions, um, we would like to pray with you and discern with you. Some of you may not be able to catch a plane and go to the other side of the globe, but, but there are opportunities where you can reach through digital mentoring program uh, to reach South Asians. Um, Maybe God is calling you to uh, go as a marketplace international worker in another country with your skills and training. You could be a teacher or a nurse or a businessman. You can go like INR who went from our church to the desert sand. Finally, you can give to missions. Become a monthly donor to Global Advance Fund so, so that you can partner with these international workers throughout the year and their ministries throughout around the year. Or you could make a one-time gift to Jaffray Project to partner in South Asia, which is gateway to the world. Pray, go, or give. Last week, I met a Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, and mission-focused person at our um, prayer retreat, Sister Kamal. 
who is one of our pastors at the Calgary Punjabi Christian Church. She was the first one to follow Jesus from a Sikh Punjabi family. Today, more than 120 members of her family are followers of Jesus. One person, huge impact. Would you join with me in prayer? Let's look deep into our hearts. I know God is calling some of you. Yeah, you might be far away from me, but you have tuned in to hear God's word. And his call is coming to you. Would you respond? Thank you, Jesus, for speaking to us. Thank you for your call upon each one of our lives. We surrender before you. Lead us. God, we know your bigger picture for us, but we don't know the baby steps. Holy Spirit, lead us. We trust you, Lord. I pray and bless my brothers and sisters who have made some important decisions in their life. Help them. Walk with them. Strengthen them supernaturally. Release your blessing upon each one of them. Give you praise in Jesus' name, I pray. Let's receive the benediction as we uh, conclude this session. Jude chapter 1, verse 28. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy, to the only God our Savior be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us.